Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Welcome to Headliner Radio, outside Barry Grint. The first one in person since Irwin of the Hoosiers. And that was before the mad lockdown, literally weeks before. Right, um, yeah. And we were going to head to lots of different country pubs and do the pod crawl. And now we launched Headliner Radio through the pandemic. It's been really fun and interesting. And now it's great to actually be with a real human. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how are you? <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere. Yeah. Are you good? Yeah, I am very good, thank good, you. Good. So yeah. uh, how has how is the, just in, in mastering in general, in your business, how has the... How, how did that pandemic pan out for you, if you like? Uh, it, I, I guess it must have been scary, then relief, then hopefully going OK again. Yeah, I was quite worried, obviously, like everybody else was. I thought um, the work was just going to fall off a cliff. Um, but um, the, the labels have always had a certain amount of back catalogue that they can uh, rely on to um, keep product going through the, through the door. And um, lots of mix engineers and studios were really quick at figuring out how to record in isolation. Um, and I've been amazed at the quality of the work that's been coming through, that's been recorded in that way. Really? Um, and, uh, and I think it just really shows the ingenuity of people. You know, when your back's to the wall... You've got to deliver. You, you've got to come up with an idea. Um, and, and they've been able to do that. Because there was a period of time, wasn't there, at the very start of this, where I seem to remember, I think it was Dua Lipa's record that was the only major release that had come out. I'm forgetting the exact time, but call it April or May, whatever it was. And it was like, what a great time for an independent to release now, because the majors aren't putting anything out. Did you find at your end, as you say, there was a back catalogue, if you like, uh, or sorry, a, what's the word I want? There was a, there was a, it was stacked up, there were lots of stuff that still needed doing kind of thing but no, nothing new did you find it was a different type of music that was coming in yeah for a while um, there wasn't um, stuff that was already recorded and was in mixing that that carried on coming through mm-hmm. um, and then there was a bit of a, a, a lull um, and then as I say the majors focused on uh, putting out re-releases and, and revisiting back catalogue um, that sort of thing um, which helped everything tick through mm. and then as I say once people got their heads around how to do isolation recordings it, it sort of picked up and, and has been pretty good um, if we could find something similar for the, for the live sector that would be brilliant yeah um, studios have had a tough time um, because you know if you've got a big orchestral space for example um, you're only earning money when there's a musician sitting there playing something yeah um, and the the studios haven't had any rates relief or any real support uh, from the government and and that's a big old amount of rent and rates that you're yeah. having to pay. Um, when you've got absolutely no option of getting anybody in and, and recording them. Yeah, exactly. And they were shut for, I mean, it was several months, wasn't it? It was only in the last week, I think it was friends of mine at Maloco, that I, I saw had started going back for individual sessions. And, you know, and, and it's getting there again, thankfully. Um, is that, I mean, yeah, is that, have you now, now seen that the, the work has picked up dramatically in the last sort of four to six weeks? Or has it, it been fairly solid since um, May? It, it has been uh, reasonably solid. Um, there has been a bit of a, 
uh, an uptick. But, but strange as it may seem, I mean, we're already mastering for Christmas. Jesus, really? So, um, Let's hope we're not locked down. <laughs> uh, honestly, that would upset me so chronically that well, we're sitting out yeah. here in the sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> Let's um, not go there. Uh, because there's such a long lead time on the vinyl element. Right, OK. Um, it's at least three months. So, uh, where are we always? September, October. It's three months, that's November. Yeah. You know? It's mad, isn't it? We're um, seeing here the first, second day of August, are we? Yeah. 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 Um, wow. And um, so, so there has been that uptick because you, you're not only... Uh, you have to do the mastering for digital in order to get to the point where you've got the mastering for the vinyl. Yeah, I see, I see. Um, so um, they're, they're keen to get everything through, ready for release, right. um, coming up to Christmas. So just just for the listeners here, um, and just in general, we discussed like, your, your uh, business, Alchemy Mastering. It's an interesting time coming up for you. Before we go into what, we'd, what I'd like to move on to and discuss the future of that brand... Um, You've been doing this how long as a mastering engineer? Since 1984. Wow. Me and George Orwell. <laughs> and and in terms of delivery of what you've had to do, I mean, obviously the digitisation was a big thing, but how, is, how has that as a business evolved in those three or four, three and a half decades? Nice, easy question. Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty much chalk and cheese yeah. to, to how it was. I mean, vinyl was the main release format. Yeah. Um, there were cassettes. That was it. Um, and did they also did, that, did they sound terrible cassettes? No, not really. No. I mean, it, it is what it is. You know, you had a Walkman. It's the first time you could listen to music on the move. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that, that was the big lift for, for cassettes. But all of the people working in the recording business mm. at that time um, had all had training sort of from from their peers right. from their predecessors yep. so by the time things were coming through to mastering you had people with years of experience sending a mix and you could sit there and you can go the best thing I can do here is get a, is a really faithful transfer and, and not make a mistake right uh, because this sounds great yeah or you might be going oh perhaps it needs a couple of dbs here or a couple of dbs out there but generally you know everything was done really really well um but there were so few studios and and there were a few independents but a lot of them were tied to labels yeah um and so for, for for me to have somebody come in off the street and and have a recording um, that they wanted mastering was really rare um, and and occasionally you'd get somebody and they'd have a uh, a revox reel to reel tape machine, yeah, yeah. and they'd come and go here we go here's 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 my song um and, and quite often they weren't set up particularly well, so you'd use most of your EQ and, and whatever else you had, just trying to get the left channel to sound like the right channel. Um, right, okay, and, yeah. and then, you know, you'd, you'd cuss it. Um, now, you know, more people 
can record and and make music themselves mm-hmm. and record in spaces that wouldn't have been possible when I started. If you wanted to record on location, a dirty great big articulated lorry rolled up with a studio built inside the trailer. Um, and that's how you record it. Now you rock up with a, a laptop or you know a, a, a computer and, and Pro Tools yeah. and, a, and a small mixer, and you're away. Um, so that's far more um, I mean, liberating is, is the right word, but it, it's it, it creates more opportunity. Um, but then not everybody who's making music has had the opportunity for formal training. Um, and so sometimes the mixes that, that come in through the door require more from the mastering engineer yep. than used yep. to be the case. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing, um, but it, it's just a fact of, of where we're at. Right. And and you went into mastering because you wanted to do that or because you fell into that? Um, so I know that you've been spinning discs in your time in various clubs and yeah, yeah. DJ Barry, DJ yeah. Bazza. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd always wanted in to... In rough, rough old clubs you would DJ in as well, wouldn't you? <laughs> I didn't to that remark. <laughs> I thought once we talked that you had some some. Well, it's, all right, let's just say some some um, uh, colourful places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were eventful. I mean, Don't worry, this is, can be edited. Yeah, ish, maybe. It's yeah. Uh, basically they were sort of butlins of the disco world. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, one of there were a chain of clubs. One of the clubs was in um, South End. And um, Tainted Love was in the charts at the time. Yeah. Mark Armand, soft sell. Um, and the DJ booth uh, was on a, on a stage. Yeah. And the front of the booth was done in mirror tiles, because this was a classy place. Oh, well, obviously, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, <laughs> every time it got to, it's sort of like Tainted Love, and then you get two kind of drum beats. Dum, dum. Yeah. And this guy had the, another guy by the lapels and smacked his head against the mirror tiles <laughs> in time, which I appreciated. Well, there's a level of art in that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then you thought, actually, I can hear the resonance on that, and I'd take out maybe whatever K <laughs> out of that hit. No, I thought, um, no, what I actually thought was, he's doing that in time, he can't be a drummer. No. <laughs> So, you. But the bottom line is, you're, you've always had a, lo- a love of music. You probably listen to less music now. Uh, in your, you probably don't want to put music on at home. After uh, I think we've said that before, haven't we? Yeah. That you just, you know, you might have a Sonos at home or whatever. But your your professional listening is all is all done in, at work. Um, There's three of us in the building. Yeah. And um, you know, we're sitting in our own studios. So there's, you know, as much isolation as you could. Absolutely, absolutely right. Yeah. Hopeful. Um, but to go back on getting yeah. into the business. Yes. Yes. I'd always wanted to work in a studio yep. as a sound engineer. And uh, long story short, uh, a mate of mine, um, Al Clay, he got a job as uh, as a runner at Trident Studios. And when they were looking for someone else, he um, put my name forward. And I was a bit old to do that at the time. Uh, but they 
decided to take a chance. Right. And so the guy who was on the opposite shift to me, we were working 24 hours on, 24 hours off, rolling, day on, day off, day on, day off, constantly. Um, if the sessions finished early, you could go home, but if they went through the night, you went through the night as well. Right. Stayed there until the other guy came in to start at nine o'clock. And um, I remember um, there used to be top of the pop sessions, um, and and what they used to do was um, record uh, a track that was going to be on top of the pops. Again, it was a musicians' union thing to make sure the um, performers got paid. Right. Um, and so you have the band turn up, the art, um, artist singer, um, and and they record everything again for Top of the Pops and it was uh, Roger Daltrey was in the studio and I'd gone through the night and the guy that was supposed to take over was late getting in and so I took you know drinks order for the for the guys in the studio and um, came down and had the tray of drinks and went over to Roger Daltrey and said oh I've got your drink here it's that one and he sort of took, took his drink and I put milk in his chamomile tea because oh. I was so tired and I must have looked it because he, he took the drink looked at it looked at me and he went thanks mate <laughs> never said a word just put it on one side and I was halfway up the stairs coming out the studio I went oh no <laughs> so Flood was the house engineer right okay Flood was working all the hours that God sends and I thought I can't do that I cannot listen to that same track yes yeah and it just so happened that there was mastering uh, Ray Staff was up on the third floor yeah and so I thought yeah that's the route I want to want to go down and and you got to know Ray what, what year would it be that you started to get to know because obviously Ray was a, has been a store at, at Air, hasn't it? As, as soon as I started at, at Trident, so that would have been '84. Right. Yeah. Um, and so let's let's look now then at, at where you are and, and what's the, this exciting news that's happening. That's uh, it, and it's a real big decision to make, isn't it? One of these one of these uh, things because you've you've had your own business for how many years? Twenty two. Uh, people have come and gone, but not not many many people. You've had a fairly core. You know, outfit, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, massive reputation. There's some interesting news, some exciting news. There's an acquisition happening. Maybe you could tell us about it, and then we'll uh, then we'll dive into how, why, and 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 when. Yeah. Um, it was actually um, Ray who who came up with the idea. Um, he was um, at a point where he. He wanted to start cutting down. He didn't want to be working um, full-time at Air. Yeah. Um, and he was working with uh, John Weber, who's uh, is a really good mastering engineer. Yeah, I've heard of John, actually, yeah. And, um, and, and he suggested to the new owners of Air that, well, you know, I'm, I'm leaving. Why don't you look to see if there's something that can be done with, with alchemy? Um because they, they wanted to, um, I mean, you know, world-renowned for the studios. Yeah, incredible live rooms, aren't they? Brilliant. Yeah. Um, less well-known for the mastering. Yes. Not for want of the people doing the mastering. Yeah. It just, you know, hadn't been something that was... Um, pushed uh, and, and so the idea 
that they had was that they would acquire alchemy um, and that I'd go along and help to put together a, a younger team, yep. train them, um, use my decades of experience <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah. and, and just, you know, try and get a, a young, exciting team of mastering engineers for the, for the next generation a, a forward thinking move firstly congratulations because that's going to happen uh, well when this podcast is out it will, will have happened so yeah. that's going to be August the 12th. 12th brilliant so you will stay where you are in terms of your Pammersmith location for a year ish approximately and then the plan is that you'll then you will nurture and, and, and educate if you like a small team that will grow with you um, and then you will have an actual base eventually no necessarily time stamp on it yet at air within the air building yeah they've recognized that the major labels are now relocating from west london and they're coming into to north cross yeah, yeah. Um, and with that um to to have to commute um across to west london for sessions isn't as convenient as as it was yes and it's actually going to be really quite easy to just come a little bit north to to come and work at air Mm. um and and labels do need to have uh facilities of some substance um in order to you know provide the facilities that they need to to work uh, from that point of view, having uh, mas- new mastering rooms uh, with uh, an owner who's prepared to put in the investment. That's key, so, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't, you can't just spend all your life going, oh, we've got all this vintage gear. Um, you have to kind of go, yeah, okay, we've got vintage gear, but we've also been investing in, <laughs> you know, stuff from today as well. Yeah, um, <laughs> and um, and that's what they're what they're prepared to do. That's fantastic. And from from a, on a personal level, you've got a, a fantastic opportunity. And if anything, this will just evolve the brand, won't it? It will. It will yeah. evolve the brand. Yeah. Um, the the Alchemy brand is going to be tied into the. Their studio. What's my next brand. question? Right, how they, how would that be branded? Um, yeah, but um, no, I'm rubbish at delegation. I am a complete control freak. <laughs> oh right, okay. Um, so it's quite difficult running a business, being a mastering engineer. You know, seeing that something needs painting, going out, getting the tin of paint, painting it, going back, doing some more mastering. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is going to be something of a sea change for me um, and and will be one of the things that I'll have to get used to historically whenever we've needed a piece of kit if we've got the money in the bank and it's something that's going to benefit the business you know we've just gone out I've just gone out and bought it and bought it yeah um, because it's what what's needed and whilst there's still going to be the budget to be able to do that mm. um, I can't just do it automatically I have to mm. go through the niceties yeah. <laughs> of yeah. having a board meeting and saying can we invest in this piece of equipment and other people going yes we can Yeah, uh, and that's for me to get used to mm. um, but you know it's part of the excitement and, and also the choice I mean I know it speaks for itself Air is one of the most iconic studios in the world what was it about the team that made you think yeah 
these guys know what they're doing. Um, this is, this is, I think this will work, you know, because we wouldn't just sell to anybody. So what was it that was special, do you think? Um, uh, the reputation that Air's got, yeah. the studio size, yeah. um, that I could see, I could see potential, you know, to, to, why on earth haven't they got mastering humming? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not for for the lack of engineers. So um, it, it just needs somebody to kind of go in there and give it a bit of oomph. Yes. Yeah. Um, and from their point of view, you know, they can see that um, you know we've got balanced power supplies. We've had the lathes overhauled. We've been doing half speed mastering. Yeah, that's you know. a, you're one of only a few that does that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so we've been, you know, kind of pushing on with with mastering. Um, and I think from that point of view, for for them, what they're looking for is for that to be brought in and to they really want to make mastering happen. Um, and that's the excitement for me so mm. that you know when I when I get to the point that it, it's time to retire my legacy for one of the better frames yeah. is yeah, to be yeah. able to look back and go yeah. look at those kids they are the people that the record companies want to work with and that's a brilliant facility have you got goals within this that they want you to like in three months you got to do this it's six months we want to be there or is this very much in your hands in the sense of when that team's going to be ready have you got a deadline to have that t- take over no there's no there's no deadlines um you know everybody involved for whatever reason yeah uh, wants it to be a success and i think the the difference is that um i I'm not going to be going across with a view to making my career, you know, because I'm where I am. Uh, but I do want to make the career of the team. Um, and so it will be taking taking the guys out, introducing them to the clients, getting their faces out there, um, promoting the work that they've done. You know, John Webber's done things that I haven't done. Yeah. In all the years that I've been mastering, John's cut direct-to-disc from an orchestra in the Grand Hall. I've never done direct-to-disc. Yeah. I never want to. Right. <laughs> that was my next part of the question. <laughs> because that's got to be stressful. Yeah. Um, but but he's done it. They're, you know, all of the guys are going to be hugely talented and they need somebody to help them. Yes. Help them deliver on their potential. Uh, and that's what uh, I want to do. And also Leslie, who's been working with me for ages. Uh, Phil's coming across, obviously. Uh, Phil's, a, Phil's co-owner of um, Alchemy Mastery. Um, Leslie's been out um, hustling work in. And she's excellent, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she, she regularly organises meals with, uh, with the clients and that yeah. sort of thing. One of the clients described a meal with Leslie as a hostage situation. <laughs> Well, thankfully, the only ones I've been involved in are the excellent Alchemy summer parties. I hope they still remain. Um, it's well, they're going to have to, aren't they? Well, it's one of the things that I um, have suggested we, we continue. It's a because stunning networking event. There's the, yeah. there's the car park, the yeah. air, yeah. Um, and also the Grand Hall. It's no shortage of space yeah. to hold it. Yeah, it's, it's a, 
there are very few opportunities for everyone to get together. Yeah, 100%. And, and I, I've been to a few of these, and they are excellent networking events. Labels, management, um, artists, uh, producers, engineers. That really is it's a really fascinating, fun mix, isn't it? Mm. Um, and do you think then, just to sort of wrap up, I suppose, it, it, brilliant, brilliant news, mate. Um, is there something else in mastering that you would like to do uh, before yeah, you I'd, decide I'd like... to hang up your <laughs> before you decide to hang up your ears? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to win a Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, you should have done. You should have won a few already. Um, no, that is right. I think you should. That is a good thing to still want to do. Yeah. yeah. All, All right. right. A Grammy it is. I'll, I'll leave you to do the lobbying. I, I know a few people. Um, <laughs> right, mate. Amazing. Barry Grint, thank you so much for being on Headliner Radio. A massive, massive congrats and best of luck with the air venture. Lovely. Thanks very much. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.